Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Welcome, everybody. Today we have a very special guest. It's our first of this kind of creature. This is an agent. Very rare to talk with an agent. So this is really freaking cool that we have Rob Roche, who's the president of RSR Sports. He's located in the great state, the garden state of New Jersey. He has negotiated over $65 million in NFL contracts. And that's since the last time he updated his website. And that might have been, there might have been a new update since. (laughs) He has a ton of awesome clients, most notably Justin Tucker. And if you don't know who Justin Tucker is, this podcast is definitely not for you. So with that, Rob, thank you so much for joining. You got it, James. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely. Great to be here. Some kids grew up wanting to be firemen and police officers, doctors, athletes. What's your journey to becoming an agent? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I knew, I knew when I was a uh, sophomore in college that I wanted to do what I'm doing now, that I want to be an NFL agent. And, um, you know, it's, I was a, um, a football player. I played wide receiver at um, the College of New Jersey in um, Ewing, New Jersey. It's a nice little D3 school in Jersey. And uh, knew my athletic and football career was not going to go any further than college. And so I said, well, you know, my passion was football. I love football. It's one of the things that I've been connected with my entire life. And thought process was, hey, how can I actually stay connected with football and, you know, live my passion and make a good living and impact people's lives? And at that time, it wasn't in vogue. It was about a little over 20 years ago. And so it wasn't as in vogue to be an agent. Um, but that's why I said, you know what? Let me go to law school. I want to go to law school and I want to be an agent. I want to represent football players and I want to negotiate contracts and help guys, you know, navigate their careers in the NFL. Yeah. So I was sophomore in college and then we, uh, got the grades up, got to law school and did that whole thing. Here we are today. <laughs> here, here you are today. You're, you're 20 years into it. 20 years into it. It feels like it just started two days ago, but it's been 20 years. And I tell you, I don't feel like I ever worked a day in my life. Really? Yeah, being an agent. See, I, I truly passionate about it. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's you got ups and downs like any other business, any other occupation. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, yesterday at this time, I was down in Baltimore with Tucker, and we were filming some stuff that's gonna come out pretty soon, which was pretty cool. Got my son down there. We'll film some stuff, and I was uh, in the shoot as a uh, receiver, you know, catching some of his balls and and helping him out with some stuff he was doing out there. And uh, I was getting paid. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, let's go. Let's well, go. That's what I'm talking about. Well, look, I'm looking at you on on a on a Zoom screen, and for the listeners out there, this guy Rob has a huge smile on his face. What about this job makes you so happy and joyful? It seems. Well, you know, it's it's um, you got good clients, you work with good people, 
and you see the difference that you're making in their lives and you're being successful at it. You know, it's funny for me, at least there's um, only a certain period of time where you can be competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I was always in Netflix growing up and stuff like that in college. And I loved it because you'd be competitive. You can compete. When you get out in the business world, you know, you got to look at how, how can I compete? And one of the ways that I'm able to compete is a recruiting players, you know, signing players and then competing to get them good contracts, competing to get them into in the door. When other people say this guy shouldn't be playing in the NFL, he's not going to play in the NFL. And you, you, you actually believe in your guy and you say, Hey, no way. You know, I believe in my dude. And next thing you know, he's playing and he's having a great career. And you, you are, were a big part of that. There's no doubt that your belief, your trust in talent, in stats that have not occurred yet is the reason why these guys make it to where they where they are. In fact, I looked at the in over the last 20 years out of the guys that have attempted the most field goals. Of the top 6, only one of them was drafted. So, okay, how you get some guy that knocks on your door. Hey, I'm a kicker. I mean, and you say, yes, you're a kicker. How do you go from a guy that's this rising senior to a guy that ends up getting drafted? Why do you take on certain people and you don't take on others? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of it. I've been doing it for a while, as we said, but it's talking to the players. And it's getting to know them a little bit, getting to know what makes them tick. And, I, you know... You know, at, when you kick a D1 at a D1 high level like that, at Division One, all the guys are really good. You know, you wouldn't be at D1 level if you weren't a really good, technical, good kicker. Um, so they're all, you know, got very talented. What separates the guys who are good college kickers and guys who can actually make it and succeed in the NFL is what's between the ears. Mm. And it's the mental makeup, the mental mindset. How do they approach things? What's their mindset of something? Do they Are they afraid of failure or they do believe they're going to make the kick? Do they have no fear or they're all fearful? Sure. It's, it's those questions that like, during the recruiting phase, when I'm talking to guys, I get to know them and I get to find out what really makes them tick. Not that I got to analyze them too much, but you, you, wanna, you want the mental makeup to be such that you got a guy who you got games on the line, you put his butt out there, he's going to make the kick, and he's going to know he's going to make the kick mm. before he steps on the field. And that's the difference between the good guys and the guys who are really talented at the next level. So once upon a time, you get a phone call from a 512 area code number, some Austin, Texas number, some young butt, young buck Justin Tucker calls you. And tell me the story of how you looked into his eyes and you were like, this is, this is going to be my guy. What was the story behind that? I tell you, it's, it's you know, there's certain points in your life, do you remember where you were when something occurred? And, you know, I, I recruited a lot of players that year. And um, one of my one of the guys working for me, Joe, he had actually sent out a bunch of letters and stuff like that. We were tracking. Justin was one of the guys he identified to track. And we were watching Justin, watching his film. And so I sent him letters every week. You know, I sent him to his parents' house and sent letters to his dad, Paul, and um, let him know that I was interested in him, that I saw what he was doing in Texas, that I was impressed with him and stuff like that. And I remember it was a Sunday, and I didn't hear anything, but I just kept sending him letters, okay, that I was impressed with him. 
it was a Sunday, and I was at Lifetime Fitness, and I'm on the treadmill, and I'm running, and I get this this phone call comes in from uh, Austin, Texas, number, right? It was Sunday, so I'm like, you know, who the hell is calling me from Austin, Texas on a Sunday? Literally, went in my brain, and I'm like, should I take it? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, all right, let me pick it up, you know. So I'm like, you know, Rob Roche, and he's like, hey, hey, Robbie, this is uh, Justin Tucker from University of Texas, and you've been sending letters to my family back home in Austin, and I want to uh, talk to you about, you know, what you're saying in your letters and the process and stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, I got off the treadmill and uh, we talked and that was the start of it. Yeah, that was the start of it. And in getting to know him, you could, you could, you know, no one knew, I, I had no idea, James, that he was going to be like as good as he is mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but you knew the mindset that he had, you know, the mindset that he had to actually, to really be great. Um, and it's a thought process. So that's how it started. And then, you know, one thing led to another, we stayed in touch and stuff like that. And then we signed him when the time came. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of guys beating down his door in terms of teams to sign him. There was like three teams. There was uh, the, the Ravens, obviously, uh, the Cowboys, and the Bears. And, you know, the, the Bears wanted him as a punter. And the Cowboys, you know, wanted him as a kickoff, uh, you know, a combo guy in camp. And the Ravens, Jerry Rosberg and Randy Brown, and uh, um, oh God, there's one more gentleman who's going to. I'd be remiss if I didn't. Um, Vince Vince Newsom of the Raider of the Ravens. Vince Newsom. And I talked to, to Vince about another player at one point, and I said, you know, this is way back when, during the uh, after the season was over, NFL season. And I said, Vince, this is a kid I'm going to sign. I want you to look at. I said because I think he can really help you guys. And he said, well, send me the tape, Rob, and then we'll take a look at him and stuff like that. And it was Tucker. And because Cundiff, they had Billy Cundiff, who just missed a big kick. And if you remember, Justin kicked those big kicks against, you know, Texas A&M and stuff like that. And I said, this guy brings something to the table that you guys don't have in your building right now. He has the ability to hit clutch field goals. And that's when it all started. Jerry Rosberg went down, looked at him, and, and uh, kept it hush-hush that they were really interested in him. And my whole thing to Jerry was, who I'd known for years, I said, Jerry, will we have a chance to compete for the job straight up? And he said, yes, so a chance to compete for the job. That second question is, are you going to give him preseason reps, preseason games? Preseason reps. Yes, we'll give give him preseason reps. I said, that's all I could ask for. And it's up to him once he gets in there what he does. And, uh, you know, Justin, his credit was was a beast, 100%. 100%. So, Randy Brown... I, a couple weeks ago, I talked to Randy's son, Tyler Brown. And Ty, Tyler, yeah. So he's the you know kicking coach over at University of Michigan. And Randy, who we're, you know, Rob's talking about, is the special teams coach for the Baltimore Ravens now. And, and Ty said, making a 60-yarder might get you a job. But in your opinion, Rob, what is the difference between getting a job versus keeping a job. It's yeah. It's that consistency. It's that consistency that Randy Brown knows when he puts Justin out there, regardless of whether it's thirty-five, forty-five, and for Justin, you know, back to sixty. You know, I would say that he's going to make that kick. You know, for Justin, at least ninety percent of a clip, he's going to make those those kicks. You know, easy kicks, hard kicks, but just making the kicks one at a time 
And that's the one thing I stress to my guys. I always stress to my clients, you take it one kick at a time. You know, that 1.33 seconds, you stay focused, stay in the moment. And that 1.3 seconds, next thing you know, good stuff is going to happen. Again, we're speaking with Rob Roche. He's the president of RSR Sports. He's an NFL agent who's been doing this for two decades, and he is the agent of Justin Tucker, who is arguably the best kicker to ever tie his shoes for a ball to hit his foot, you name it. This is about, we're talking about his mentality, we're talking about keeping a job, and Rob just talked about consistency. Sometimes getting hurt happens, though. Steven Goskowski got hurt last season, and, and the Patriots really needed a guy. And Bill Belichick seemed hesitant to bring anybody in. And you're sitting there on the sideline. Maybe you have a couple guys that are what you deem NFL ready. What are you thinking during times like that? My thinking is I'm going to put Justin Rowwasser there in the draft coming up in 2020. <laughs> I th- which he did in the 2020 NFL draft, the Patriots select... Justin, Justin wow! Draft in the NFL. Okay, so tell me about tell me about that story. What was that like? Well, I tell you, Justin, you know he's got a leg. You know he's got a leg, and he's got swag too. So I'm recruiting Justin Rowasser. I'm watching him, looking at him, and there's one game that sealed the deal for me that I wanted to work with Justin Rowasser. Okay. Okay. It was a rainy game against Western Kentucky. And you, can, you guys can Google it on the podcast, whoever it is. But rainy game against West Kentucky. Game's online. He had a 51-yard field goal. Okay? Another coach had two timeouts. Excuse me, had two timeouts left. Mind you, it's pouring rain. Okay? Justin gets up. Bang! Hits the first one. Okay? Coach across the sideline called timeout. So he had to redo it. Okay? Justin looks over at him, blows him a kiss. You know? <laughs> Taps his taps a vein in his, in his arm, stuff like that. So I got ice in my veins. <laughs> Lines it up. Boom. Hits it again. Hits it twice in a row. 50, over 50, 51 yarder in the rain to win the game. Okay? Coach iced him again. Now, meanwhile, the opposing coach is going nuts at this point. I don't know his name, but he's going nuts because the refs keep giving Justin the opportunity to actually have a practice kicks. But he's, but he's making them. He's crushing them. He's crushing them two in a row. <laughs> and so he's just, Justin is standing there looking across the field at the other side, on the sidelines, saying, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Third one, lines it up, boom, crushes it, wins the game. Okay. <laughs> For me right there, that was the sequence that said, this is a guy that I want to work with. That's cool. Because he had the mental attitude. And you know what? He rose to the occasion and he relished being in that moment. He wasn't, he looked in his eyes. He wasn't scared at all. He knew in his mind, as long as he got a good hold, good operation, that that ball was going to go through the uprights. So Chris Saylor was on the podcast last week, and he talked about those pressure moments. And in his opinion, being a kicking instructor who's probably seen hundreds of thousands of footballs, he says that, the like at least for him, he really enjoyed kicking. Like, do you think that your clients really enjoy those pressure moments and enjoy kicking in those moments? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think it definitely. I mean, obviously, it all depends upon the guy because everybody's different. Yeah. But I would say if you're going to kick in the NFL, you're going to want those moments. And it goes all goes to performing. Like Tucker, you know, he's you know an opera singer and he's a performer. And he's when he goes out to kick, he goes out to line up. 
he's performing basically. Sure. And, you know, they, you know, the the good ones really want to be in that moment. You know, they want the ball. It's like receiver. I play wide receiver. You want the third and third down, third and long. You want to be the guy they throw the ball to. So, um, but I do think you know, as Chris Chris said, you, you, you do love those moments. You do love those moments. Gosh, that's cool. What's my guys do? Yeah. And ha- now, are you the guy on the sideline, like the helicopter parent that puts both arms up in the air, screaming, going crazy? Oh, he made the kick! Like, what's your reaction? <laughs> uh, I tell you what, football at my house on Sunday is a little bit rough because you know you got an offensive lineman you represent, and you know sometimes you can hide. They can hide a little bit if they have a bad play. You got a kicker. There's no hiding. It's either good or it's no good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, you got to try to remember it's a marathon. It's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, you know, when you're watching, you know, the season and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster sometimes. You know, sometimes it is a roller coaster. But you try to put a good karma out there for all kickers, all punters. You don't want to, you know, put a hex on anybody because you want the good karma to come your way somewhere down the road, shall we say. Right, so on, on, you're telling your clients, "Hey, just stay cool for 1.3 seconds," and you're reminding yourself to stay cool for what three hours? <laughs> yeah, right. And then now you got Thursday night football games. You got Thursday night football. You got Saturday night football, and then you got Sunday, Monday. Uh-oh. So you know, from Thursday night all the way to, to Monday evening, it could be a little rough. It could be. It could be a rough couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it could be a rough couple weeks. But then too, it could be really cool too. It, right. There's good moments and bad moments. So. So the NFL draft just passed. We're, we're talking about your one of your clients, Justin. Roar, how do you say his last name? Roarwaser. Roar. It took me a while to actually get it down myself. Roarwasser. Roar. Roar. Wasser. Yeah, it's so, like the lion. Roar. Roar Wasser. Okay, like the lion. And my name's James Hairston, like the hair that's falling from my head. <laughs> H-A-I-R. So the NFL draft happens. How do you? How do teams determine to actually pull the, tr- the trigger on a kicker or not? I mean, you know, there's not really a set combine criteria for kickers as there are for other positions. So what made them tick? Yeah. Well, I think it's all in terms of, you know, what teams are looking for. You know, what each team is different. And I tell my clients and my respective recruits and guys who I'm working with each draft cycle, you know, it only takes one to fall in love with you. Yeah. And each team's gonna you know, each coach, each team's gonna have their own things, qualities they're looking for in a kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the guys a lot of teams they want a guy who's strong. Who, who can you know? He's got a strong leg. That's obviously the first requirement. I think obviously the first is a strong leg. Um, but then you know it all depends what they want. I know, like for example, New England, you know, Justin kicked at Rhode Island. He kicked at Marshall, so he kicked in bad weather. Mm-hmm. So he's kicked in those bad weather situations where New England, you get a lot of bad weather. Um, north, the Northeast up here where they play Buffalo and they play the Jets up by me. Um, so you know they want a guy who's proficient kicking in those those weathers and they also too they want to look and see um clutch field goals you know how does he perform under pressure you know does he have performing command he's going to wilt under pressure that comes with the job i mean kicking football is national football league is probably one of the most pressure-packed jobs you could have and it's you know it's magnified as we talked about absolutely all this alignment you can hide a bad play kicker you know it's everyone's going to see it and it's very finite it's black or white. Um, so um, to answer your question about what they're looking for, 
each team's looking for something different. Um, I think they're all looking for leg strength, looking for, you know, sometimes they're looking for bigger body guys, I think, nowadays, kicker-wise. Um, but, you know, it all depends what they're looking at. In terms of the Patriots and what, they, what they're looking for, you know, they're looking for a guy kicking cold weather, mm-hmm. I think. You know, who's been proficient and made a lot of kicks. And see, Justin, you know, Justin Rowasser, he just makes field goals. You know, he just, knock on wood, he just makes his field goals. And uh, he did it, had a pro day at Marshall, one of the last ones before it got canceled, you know, stuff got shut down. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were fortunate to have a special teams coach there from the Patriots. And uh, Justin blew it up. I mean, he blew it up. I've been doing 20 years. He had the best pro day of any kicker I've had in the last 20 years. He had the best pro day? And any kicker you've seen in 20 years? Any kicker I've seen or I've had as a client. Yeah, 100%. He was very, very – he crushed all his field goals. He hit one, like, from 60 yards, like, you know, halfway, you know, up you know, up the net, stuff like that, and his kickoffs were right out of the back. And uh, he just stepped it up. He just really stepped it up. Now, did he know the New England Patriots coach was going to be there? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So did he blow yeah. him a kiss and and uh, points his veins? He wasn't blowing any kisses on pro day. I can tell you that. Okay, well there is one guy in the NFL that's blowing kisses, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So let's let's shift a little bit to this recent massive contract and go ahead and dust off that crystal ball. In ten years, you and your peers will look at this massive Patrick Mahomes contract that's worth virtually half a billion dollars. What are you guys going to think at the, about that contract 10 now, ten years from now? Well, you know, you got to see, this is, this is the agent to me, you got to see how much of that 10-year contract he actually earns. Mm. You know, does he earn the whole 10, 10 years of that deal? And that's how you can analyze whether or not a quote goes a good deal or a bad deal, that kind of stuff. Did he actually play out and make every dollar of that contract? Or how much did he make? I mean, it's obviously obscene a lot of money crazy amount of money but how much did he actually really make of that deal and where does the other where does it fit in with the deals as they come down the pike within the next 10 years because you know you, you are giving up like it's a great number i think at least armberg is one agent and uh try to think the other guy's name did it for him too um all respect in the world the stein steinberg was that who did it lee steinberg, lee steinberg. Yeah. yeah yeah one of the godfathers of, of agencies and um, did a great job and got his guy paid. You know, bust the bottom line. You want to get the deal done, get him paid. Um, but you want to see how it holds up over the course of that time period. Because, you you know, he's also giving up the opportunity to get another bite the apple. Right. And the way I always look at the contracts for myself and my guys is that you want to get as much money guaranteed as possible. You want to get as much money as possible, but you want it the shortest term as possible. Sure. Because you you want to get another opportunity to get another big hit, big contract. You know. So, listen, the great contract. You know, God bless him. I'm glad that he got that deal. And you know, listen, let's get fully guaranteed contracts for our kickers. That's right. Right. So let's get a fully guaranteed contract for our deal. So when when are specials going to get that kind of money? Right. Justin Tucker's like. <laughs> He got a pretty big contract this last one. I don't know if you're allowed to discuss the details of it, but when are we going to start getting some love, kickers and punters? Well, listen, listen. I always, <laughs> my whole thing, James, is you know how do you win games? You got to score the most points. Yeah. Who scores the most points? A lot of kickers. Kickers score, score the most points. Right. So, you know, those guys determine wins and losses. Right. And so 
they should be compensated for that. But funny that you asked, you know, when, it, when you, you know, we talked about being on the podcast, I looked at some of my numbers for Justin and his contract, stuff like that. And when you go back and look at Justin's deals, okay, four out of the last five years of his con- of his NFL seasons have been fully guaranteed. So in the last five years, he's had one season that wasn't fully guaranteed. Okay, 2016 fully guaranteed, 2017 guaranteed, 2018 not guaranteed, 2019 fully guaranteed, 2020 fully guaranteed. So, you know, by the time his 2023 rolls around, James, he'd have made $40.6 million over the course of his career. $40.6 million. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And the cool thing is, like, you know, you always want, from an agent perspective, you know, strategy-wise, that you want to get as much money guaranteed as possible, right? And, you know, within the last five years, if you count this upcoming season, $23.3 million out of Justin's $26.25 million will have been fully guaranteed. My gosh. Let's go. Let's go, James. Let's That's go. Right. That is right. So, you know, that's how you look at the deals. And plus, you know, when you look at the deals, each deal we've done, you know, you, you did it, we did a four-year extension. Mm-hmm. Okay, so granted, Justin, if he's kicking well and doing a great job, the Ravens are going to come would come to you after three years and say, let's extend him out, which they did in the last, most last uh, contract we did. You know, they came to us and said, listen, we really like what he's doing. Yeah. Let's try to extend him out and get him get him taken care of. And the Ravens, you know, to their, to their credit, have done a great job of, uh, you know, keeping Justin and paying him where he should be paid and, um, and keeping him happy, basically, you know, kicking footballs. You know, since 2012, 23% of NFL games have been decided by three points or less. Yeah. If you right. look at the Ravens games that have been decided by three points or less, um, if anybody saw a tweet last week about the NFL showing game winners from the 2019 season alone, there was 12, and Justin represented two of those, I believe. Yeah, I know. So he's not chip shots. Either. No, they're not chip shots. They're they're tough situations. And what you're what you said earlier on how you determine whether or not to represent a guy is his mentality, the desire, the drive to want to make those big time kicks. Right. Yeah. And that's that's where you make the money. And that's where you get. the. So there's a relationship between wanting to make game winning kicks and guaranteed money on a contract. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, there is a correlation. Good point. Definite correlation there. So after a game winner, Justin's probably calling Mrs. Tucker and he's calling you. Yes, I don't know if that you know probably in that order as well. Okay, you know so I got to call the wife, Mrs. Tucker first, and then then give me a jingle. But uh, yeah, I mean you know he's he's pumped. You know he wants to do when he wants to help his team win football games. And if you ever hear him speak, two things that always stick out to me with regards to Justin after he's a game winner or something like that. He's cognizant of the fact that he cannot do that alone. You got to have the guys blocking up front. You got to have Morgan Cox snapping the football. You got to have Sam Cook putting the ball down, and then he's kicking it. So it's it's a team effort, okay. And the other thing he always talks about is that he just wants to help his team win. You know, whatever it takes, he wants to help his team win football games, and that's what he's getting paid for. It's and a very simple good. mentality. Yeah, yeah. If you break it down and just keep it simple, it's it's not too bad. You know. 
So you've you've probably found yourself in your career career wearing many hats. You're you're agent. You're a coach in some cases. Earlier, you sounded like a counselor. <laughs> you're you're also negotiating big contracts. So you're a financial consultant. You're also a brand and marketing expert. Like, hey, I can go negotiate outside endorsements on your on your website. Looks like you got one with Dr Pepper and and Justin Tucker. Royal Farms. God bless Royal Farms. Royal Farms. Real hot. I mean, hey, are there any other sponsors that you're supposed to be uh, talking about? If so, it's okay to throw them out. Royal Farms by you uh, (laughs) over there, James. Yeah. Dallas, Texas. (laughs) Royal Farms convenience store in the uh, Baltimore, you know, New Jersey area, Baltimore, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Virginia. And uh, we do all commercials for Justin with with Royal Farms. And they've been very good. You know, Royal Farms has been very good to Justin and, you know, the, the Tucker family, shall we say. But on the flip side, you're either the hero or you're the villain, okay? And I'm not talking about any of your clients specifically, but in a situation where you don't have, you have the game-winning kick and you miss it, or in the situation your client's in a slump, and you know that front office is going to bring in how many guys in less than 24 hours? What, probably three to five? Yeah, the gong show. They're bringing a bunch of guys to see what happens. So that, Okay, so you your client knows that, you know that, but how are you processing this and supporting and loving your client through that really gut-wrenching time just keeping it real you got to keep it real james you can't sugarcoat it and stuff like that at least i don't but you keep it real and say listen this is the deal they're going to bring in you know at this point even before you even know it you know they're going to bring in guys right so you say most likely they're going to bring in guys this week can't control it you cannot control what you can control and you try to break it down and keep it as simple as possible because you can't control who they're bringing in, what happens, all that kind of stuff. And I always tell my guys, try not to focus on the outcome. Focus on executing what you need to do. And so what you need to do is get your head, to get head together, do what you need to get your body right, and get yourself ready to go. So given the opportunity to go back out there, you're making your kicks. You make your kicks, good stuff's going to happen. That's what I always tell my guys. You make your kicks, good things will happen. You focus and for that uh, 1.3 seconds. That's Boom. it. You're right there. You, you got it. 1.3 seconds. You've got to be in the moment. you got to execute what you need to execute within that time frame, and good stuff's going to happen. Okay, for you, though, when you have to execute, right? I recently read a book by an FBI negotiator, and this guy, his name's Chris Foss. The book's called Never Split the Difference. You've got to execute at the table with these guys. What does that look like and feel like? And do you have any stories about where it got real tense or, I mean, how does that, what does that world really look like? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll tell you, the one thing I think that I always try to, I always try to do with regards to negotiating contracts with my clients is I try to be a good listener mm. and I want to listen. I want to listen to what's important to my client, you know, what's really important to, to them. Because at the end of the day, I'm representing my guy. And, you know, I'm, my job is to go in there and do what he wants and get the best deal for him where he wants it. And so I got to listen to my client. But more importantly, I got to listen to the other side. Mm. Because if you listen, if you listen, the other side will tell you all you need to know, most likely, most of the time. And they'll tell you what's really important to them. And if you know what's really important to the other side, you can use that in, you know, when you're doing your negotiation. So, you know, you can give them what they really need or, you know, a a form of what they really need, but you can get what you really want too. And you get a sense of how far you can push them 
And that's always a key thing is how far can you push it before the whole thing blows up? Right. And, you know, you push it as far as you can. It's okay. You advise your client. This is where I see us getting this deal done. And we can get it done right here. And you got to, I would say one of my terms of art is I got, I got to land the plane. Okay. You get so close and you're hovering, you're on, you know, hovering over the top and you got to land that plane and get that deal done. <laughs> because if you don't get a deal done, you don't get the deal done. Basically. It sounds pretty simple, but it's true. So you're listening in order to figure out what does this side really want? What do they value? How do they make decisions? Correct. Correct. And it's preparation, too. You can look and see how, as long as the same contract negotiator, same GM, you can look at how they structured their deals in the past. And, you know, you know it's cliche, but the biggest indicator of the future is the past. Okay. So you can see what they've done in the past, and you can try to use that to your advantage in terms of how you structure your proposals and stuff like that. So maybe the, is the scariest words for an NFL team guaranteed money, is that what they push back the most on? Like, I'm not giving guaranteed money. Are you kidding me? This is guy's a kicker. No, let's make it all incentive bonus. No, get out of here, Rob. No, no, no. You tell your client we're not doing guaranteed money. Get the hell out of my office. <laughs> Listen, James, I've been in a hotel room once with regards to negotiation with a team, and the, the, the GM said, you're fucking insane. <laughs> You're insane. You're never going to get that for this guy. And, like, you know, you got to sit there looking right in the eye and say, okay, you might not want to pay him that, but uh, somebody's going to pay him that. <laughs> or more. Yeah. Show me yeah. the money, my man, because, look, my client. Well, you got it, but yeah. you got to make sure you got that other guy in your back pocket that the guy's going to pay the more money because you don't want to have to go back to your tail between the legs to the GM and say, well, maybe you're right on that one. But, you know, in that situation, I got the guy more money someplace else. Wow. A bunch more money. It's a business. It's a, You're talking about executing at the highest level, not only on the field for your client, but you're executing at a very high level as well. And it sounds like you're doing it through listening. And it sounds like you're getting it done. Appreciate it. And you might be insane, Rob. But, you know, most talented people are a little, little insane. A little bit <laughs> I mean... You represent a. You represent. I saw on your website kickers, punters. You got a long snapper too. You got guys at other positions. Yep, broadcasters too. We got Jordan Kent doing pretty well. So, what broadcasters did you say you represent? Uh, uh, Jordan Kent. He works for the Portland Trailblazers, and okay. he also does Nintendo stuff too. He broadcasts Nintendo's games as well. That's cool. Cool. Well, yeah. if I ever need any voiceovers, I know who to call. Give me a ring. We can we can set you up, James. Dang, you're gonna listen. You're gonna you're gonna negotiate. You're gonna be too expensive to me at the end of that. <laughs> you know what? If you got potential, I'll grow with you. You never know. <laughs> you the listener should see the smile on this on uh, on Rob's face. I mean, he is he is a warrior. He knows exactly what he's what he's going at. Um, Okay, as we wrap this up again, this is Rob Roche. He's the president of RSR Sports. He's the agent for Justin Tucker, for Justin Rohr Wasser. He has been in the game for 20-plus years, and he's told us a lot of nuggets of wisdom so far. Now, you did play wide receiver? You got it. Did you ever kick? Have you ever attempted a field goal? You know, my son, when he was younger, one of my sons, the older guy, Luke, he was actually working to kick some field goals back in the day when he was younger. And so we squad kicked field goals. 
<laughs> and uh, I think the farthest I got back was like 30 yards, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30 yards. But it wasn't pretty. We didn't have the ball, didn't have the rotation and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to stick to what I know best, James, uh-huh. and that's helping the guys make the money and getting the money as opposed to kicking the football. <laughs> <laughs> You got to know your limitations in life, and kicking football, kicking footballs is one of my limitations. That and golf. So there's a lot of guys that are that kick footballs, punt footballs, that are listening to this podcast, and they're hearing an agent, and maybe their heart's racing because maybe they get a letter from you. But what do you tell a guy who's a young freshman, underclassman in college, and he's saying, "I want to be an NFL kicker and punter." I say don't look at being an NFL kicker or punter. Go make your kick that's right in front of you. Go make, you know, execute your punt that's right in front of you. And do that consistently over and over again. And um, you might have a shot. You might have a shot. (laughs) Might have a shot. And the other thing I tell guys is, you know, there's a lot of people will be, there's a lot of naysayers out there, I would think, you know, like, you uh-huh. can't do that, you can't do that. Don't listen to them. Believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself and you believe in your ability, work your ass off. You know, work your ass off, take your one kick at a time, one punt at a time, and just go execute and do do well. If you, if you make your kicks, if you punt well, you're going to get an opportunity if you actually are consistent about it. And you work your ass off. And have fun. And I tell the guys I'm recruiting, go have, go have a blast. I mean, you know, very few people get an opportunity to play collegiate athletics. Very, very, very few people get an opportunity to play at the D1 highest level. So go out there and enjoy those moments. Sounds like a coach. You sound like a, you sound like a, I said coach, agent, financial consultant, brand market. You kind of sound like a dad. You get, I mean, that's real. Like you said, I keep it real. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I am a dad. I got two boys. So, yeah. See, I mean, when it comes down to kicking, we, you know, Rob, it sounds like mentality is the most important part to you. It is. We got number one, to get in the, it's like the SATs. You, to get in the door, you got to have the, the leg strength. So, you got to have the leg strength. If you got the leg strength, and then you got the mental makeup, you got something to work with. You know, very few people have the ability to bang the ball like some guys do. And if you can do that and have the mental mega and be consistent, then we're talking. Then we're talking. And it doesn't matter if you went to Rensselaer Polytechnic. It doesn't matter if you went to South Dakota State. Right. Right. Or or Marshall University. Yeah. I mean, not that Marshall's bad, but it's not a D1, big D1 school. Right. And you you got young high school kids who are posting videos of them kicking 65 yarders. Right. Wanting full scholarship to the big D1 schools. Yeah, it doesn't matter where, you know, I had someone in high school tell me this once, you know, for colleges and stuff like that, whenever it's going to schools and stuff. He says, not no matter where you go, it's what you do when you get there. It's what you do when you get there. It's what you do when you get there. So if you're kicking it, you know, what Marist, I think the one kid, Jason Myers, went to Marist. Marist? Yeah, if you're at Marist College, make your kicks at Marist College. And if you make a kick, you put the ball kickoffs in the back of the end zone. They're going to find you. I'll find you. I'll find you. I'll hike down. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas out here in the prairie. When we see, when you know, when you're out at the ranch, when some, when those vultures know, they know. It doesn't matter where the wind is blowing. They'll find it. So, Rob, you're telling me you will find, you will find that kicker or punter. 
you got it. <laughs> You've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. It's like, you could probably test it as too, James. You know, you, you close your eyes, you just listen, and you hear that thud. There's a difference between a guy who can really kick the ball and you hear that thud when the ball comes off his foot. Man, some guys just making kicks. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. It sound some some of these guys sound like it's it's literally like a bomb went off. Like it, it really does sound that with that kind of thud. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, I do think that kickers are starting to get the respect that they deserve, and I think they should. And I think we've only just begun. We've only just begun. We've only just begun. <laughs> And that's the sound of an agent that you might want to potentially represent you. This is the sound of a cool, calm negotiator who can get guaranteed money. This is also the sound of a voice that will calm you on the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Got it. 100%. Rob, I I did a terrible job with my Google searching on you. It seems like agents out here want to really keep down quiet who their clients really are. And so with the limited resource and the limited research that I've had, I may have fallen short on some of the questions I could have asked you. Is, is there any stories or anything that's hidden deep down that, that you'd like to share? Or if there's not, that's fine too. James, I think you extracted all the great stories that I may have inside that I may have experienced in the last 20 years because you've done an awesome job in this podcast of bringing them alive. Well, if you're, feeling, if you're feeling a little underwhelmed in the kicking and punting world, remember, it's a very boring thing at the end of the day. It's a ball going through a field goal post and negotiating contracts from somebody who's got that cool, calm demeanor also can sound boring, but at the end of the day, it's very expensive for front office management in the NFL. And it sounds like Rob wants to keep it that way. <laughs> Looks, it sounds that way, correct? <laughs> Rob Roche, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Our very first agent interview is now complete. And it might not be our last one. Looking forward to maybe having you on down the road. Hey, anytime, James. It's been a pleasure and, um, you know, good time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rob. You, You got it, James. If you enjoyed the content, join the community by subscribing to the Simple Kicking channel below. Or drop a like and maybe a comment. It'd be really cool to hear from you. Also, you'll find Simple Kicking on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes even TikTok.